If you have your Bibles, you want to turn to 1 Samuel 13. I want to start a series today on the topic of delay. So we'll finish it next week. No, no. (laughs) And how important delays can be in our lives. You know, the reality is we actually hate delays, don't we? We avoid delays. We don't want delays. And as much as we can control situations, we try to control the delays that are in our lives. Like, I mean, like never, ever before we live in now. I want it to happen now. The idea of actually having to wait is just abhorrent to us. I mean, Pete was complaining this week about how annoying it is to wait for weekly programs that are on his, of his favourite TV programs. How he, yeah, I know. Oh, how he liked Netflix because they, did, they were able to dump on him very quickly and so he could watch a whole series at once, which he's really excited about. And yes, he does need ministry. Good news is, though, the Teletubbies are coming back, just to let you know. <laughs> Delay. You know, frankly, in our life, in our real life beyond TV, delays are never productive and they're more often than not destructive. But I want to tell you that in the Christian life and in your spiritual walk of following Jesus, delays are part of our life. They really are. You can't avoid them. But the difference is this. You see, the delays delays in life are annoying and not productive, but actually the delays in our spiritual life can actually be some of the most productive seasons in our life where, where God actually does a deep work in us. We, if we don't avoid them and we don't try to put them out of the way, we can actually have an incredible encounter with God afresh if we learn how to handle our delays properly. You know, the Bible's full of stories of people who, who had to experience delay in their spiritual life. I mean, David, before he became king, there was a delay. Lazarus, being raised from the dead, three days, there was a delay. Moses had to wait 40 years for his life calling to begin to be fulfilled with the deliverance from Israel. Abraham had to wait 25 years for God's word to come to him. Joseph had to wait 13 years. The disciples had to wait in the upper room. Paul and Silas waited in prison. There are delays throughout scripture. There are delays in our lives. It's a a part of our life. I mean, I know for myself, you know, and I've shared this before, 14 years from the time I felt the calling of God to be first, go into the ministry until I finally walked in and became a pastor in this church. But see, here's the bottom line about delays. How you engage or interact or navigate in a season of delay will matter because it will determine whether that season is a season of productivity in life or if it's a destructive season and you end up in the ditch. It really matters. And what I want to look at this morning is I want to look at two stories in Scripture that really stand out of people that experienced delay and they couldn't handle it properly. So the result was disastrous. And the first one I've already written there is of Saul in 1 Samuel. You see, the Philistines are coming into battle in the war against the Israelites and the children of God are terrified and nervous and Paul is just so scared, uh, sorry, Saul is so scared. And instead of waiting for Samuel, he takes things into his own hands. So 1 Samuel 13, verse 5. Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen. 
and the people is, and the people of sand, which is on the seashore, a multitude. And they came up and they encamped in Mishmash at the end of Ben-Avon. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves and thickets and rocks and holes and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gilgad, Agad in the land of Gilgad. Um, as Saul, he was still stayed in Gilgad, but all the people followed him trembling. Then he waited for seven days according to the time set by Samuel. So there's a delay here. Okay, so they come together, they're getting ready for battle. But in those days, the children of Israel, before they ever went into battle, they would wait for the prophetic word, for the prophet of God to come and speak over them. And so here, and what had happened is Samuel said, I'm going to come on this day. Get the men ready and I'll come. So Saul gets them there and he's got all the men there. He can see the um, Philistines across the valley, the, the huge numbers the people of the children of Israel are well outnumbered and they're beginning to get terrified. And there's this time of delay. He, the prophet hasn't come. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and a peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened as soon as he'd finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came and Saul went, went out to meet him that he might greet him. And Saul said, Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines had gathered together at Mishmash, then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt, and I just love what Saul says here to cover his butt and justify what what he did. I therefore felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And, Saul, and Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. Disastrous, not learning to live in delay. Similar story in Exodus 32, verse 1. Moses goes up the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The people of Israel get restless because they don't know where he is. Verse 1, for now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming from the mountain, for the people gathered to Aaron and said to him, come make us gods that shall go before us. For, for because of this man Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So an idol which they worshipped and which resulted in the broken relationship with God was cut out of their inability to be able to navigate delay. You see, I think if he's going to truly understand seasons of delay, to allow them to become profound moments in our life, then the first thing we have to understand, that the first thing God is after in your life is trust. See, what he is going after, what he's trying to develop in your life is actually trust. He wants that to develop. He wants it to grow. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, he wants this to actually be said about our life. He wants this to be you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not part of your heart, but all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. You see, if you're going to understand 
delays, if they're going to have a profound and powerful impact in your life, in our walk with God, then we have to understand that God is actually going after us learning how to trust. He wants to develop in our lives a deep trust in him. With all your heart above everything else that you would trust him. That you would understand him above your own understanding. You see, so often we try to understand God through our understanding. If we can map it out, if we can set some goal, then we're prepared to trust. But you know what happens when there are seasons of delay, our roots actually go deep. See, when the rain is delayed, a plant will respond in a powerful way. A plant will go deep with its roots to find water. In fact, the plants with the deepest root systems are those who have gone for seasons without water. Why? Because they've had to go and search it out. You see, plants that, that where, where there's always water generally actually have a, a reasonably shallow root system. And, and sometimes I've heard people ask a, a mighty man or woman of God, how have you been able to get so deeply rooted in God? And the answer most often is not is because I've lived in times of delay where my trust had to grow and be formed at a deep level. Me. You see, studies of plant have shown that. The plants searching for water, that their roots will probe down, sometimes literally hundreds of metres deep. Some, some um, trees will send their roots through rocks. The tip of the root is searching out the water. In fact, they, they write about it as the, the tip of the plant's roots as being the brain of the plant because it's seeking water. A researcher wrote in one study, roots actually sense the environment where there is more nutrients and they go to these resources. Roots are the smartest part of the plant. Never too sure a carrot could be smart, but there you go. <laughs> in other words, you know, where there's a delay in water, the plant will search it out and go deeper to find that water. It will break through rocks to find water. And therefore, its root system will become established. And it becomes deeply and it becomes rooted because of that delay. And you know what? That's exactly what God is trying to accomplish in your life. He wants your roots to go deep into him. And he knows that it can happen through trust. But you know what? We avoid this. Or we do anything else to it. Because, you know, one of the things that we have to realize, if, we're gonna, if, if, if God is going after trust in our life, then he has no promise, uh, sorry, no problem sticking you in situations where trust will grow. <laughs> he will have no problem in sticking you in places where trust needs to grow. I mean, we may not like it, but you know what? Just because we don't like it doesn't mean that God is going to stop it. My frustration with God doesn't make him speed up. <laughs> Wish it did, but it doesn't. I mean, let's face it, we all love the concept of trust. We love hearing sermons about it. We love singing songs about it. We have a bookmark that says about it. We have our little tattoo about trust. I just love trusting him. I trust the Lord with all my heart. The problem is, I don't, while I might like the concept of trust, 
I don't like being put in situations where trust is demanded in my life. It's a little bit like that prayer about patience. You know, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. (laughs) And trust is a little bit the same. You see, we all love the concept of trust until we're put into a season of delay. I mean, I'm I'm not sure where God is. I I, I prayed a prayer and the answer, it hasn't been answered. It's been delayed. I received that promise and it's been... 10 minutes and it hasn't been fulfilled and, 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 and that prophetic word and, and it hasn't been manifested and, and I'm so frustrated. You see, it's in those times that my life has the opportunity or I have the opportunity to allow my life to build deeper levels of trust with God. See, God says, listen, I'm trying to build trust in your life and I don't mind putting you in seasons of delay where you're going to learn how to trust me at a deeper level. See, the other thing is when we come into that place of delay, those, those seasons of delay actually expose already the deeper things that are in our heart. The areas where we're not trusting God. Seasons of delay, you, you don't get things exposed when water is everywhere. You get things exposed when there's a delay in rain. All of a sudden, the deep things in my heart, you know, are are out there for everybody to see whether I trust God or I don't trust him. Seasons of delay both strengthen and deepen our trust in God, but they also expose what you are trusting in. We start getting tense and we start getting stressed and, and we suddenly realize as we enter this area of the unknown, oh, I actually don't really trust God at all. These things get exposed in seasons of delay. And as I say, that's exactly the intention of them because God's wanting us to understand and wanting us to embrace him and trust. How do I I, um, handle a delayed answer? How do I handle promises that haven't been manifested yet? See, a lot of our tendency is that we want to step in and control in seasons of delay. And so instead of actually surrendering and trusting we begin controlling. I don't want to trust anymore. I want to control more. Because you see, here's the reality. What we, where we don't trust, we actually control. What I don't trust, I control. So when I feel out of control, when I, and when I do, um, yeah, when I'm in that position, I'm not trusting and I become scared and I feel powerless, then what I so often want to do is I want to begin to bring control. I want to control the situation. You know, the, all those things that are going on in my life, they push me towards controlling the situation. You see, this is what Saul did. This is what the Israelites did. They tried to control. I, I don't know what God's plan is. I, I don't know what he's up to. So I guess I'll step in. I've got a plan. I'll step in. God, I don't even know if you've got a plan, but I've got a plan. Let me step in. I'll take care of this one. And you know what? It's the interesting thing is that the less we trust God, the more detailed our plan becomes. When I don't trust God, there is no way I'm going to surrender my control to him. 
I have my own plan and I would like you to follow my plan. That's, just, that's the way we so often flow. And I think so much activity in our life, if we were to boil it down at the root of it, is that we don't trust. Much of our activity, even in the Christian world, looks so noble, so spiritual. But at the core of it, it is, I just don't trust. You see, it's so, so often I think we, we, we trust God until his plan is no longer my plan. When, my, when he, what he's doing aligns with what I want him to do, I'm very, very happy. But when I'm going this way and suddenly God goes over there, it's kind of, uh, <laughs> over here, we're going this way. And God's saying, no, 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 I want us to go this way. Yeah, but I don't know what's over there, God. So look, let's just go over here. It's comfortable. I've done it before. Everything's okay. Let's go this way. And so what happens is a promise comes or a, a prophetic word comes and immediately we paint a picture in our head of this is what it's going to look like and we attach a timeline to it. And so I'm, I'm very noble. I trust God. I trust God. I trust God. And then suddenly he blows out, blows right past my timeline. <laughs> and suddenly things don't feel so good. Suddenly there's tension. I begin to feel under pressure. I begin to feel I'm not in control anymore. God, I was trusting you when you were following the plan that was painted in my head. I think it's going to look like this and this and this. And suddenly God doesn't do it like that. And, 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 and we begin to feel a tension in and of ourselves. It isn't what we plan. And suddenly I have a hard time trusting. But you see, the whole thing is trust in God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It's not my understanding I'm trusting. We have to learn to position ourselves. Listen, I say it again and again. The whole idea of Christianity is not a comfortable exercise. To live the true Christian life is to live on the edge all the time. In every area, in healing, in, in the prophetic, but it's also in our lives. You see, God wants you to succeed. God wants to bless you. But more than anything, God wants you to be more like his son. And so he knows there are things that each one of us have hidden in our hearts that actually prevent us from being like him. And so he just puts pressure on us. And one way he does that is through, the spirit, through delay. Because when, he puts, when we live, step in that place of delay, it begins to expose those areas where my plans weren't his plans. And the minute that his timing isn't my timing, it's very hard to trust him with the deep things of my heart. You see, the problem is it's all about surrender. Trust is connected to surrender. See, when I trust you, I will surrender control. And I'll surrender my plan, but only if I trust you. 
And if I don't trust you, I won't surrender. I won't, if I don't trust you, I won't give up control. And the problem is when we step in and try to manage it, it doesn't go well. There's disastrous results. When I don't trust God and try to step in in seasons of delay, things do not go well. And so we put it in, you know, hey, God, I've done everything I should, and it just doesn't feel like you're coming through right now. So how about I pick it up this time? I got this one. I'll implement it. Well, I tell you what, it didn't work out for the Israelites, and it didn't work out for Saul, and it won't work out for you. This is why intimacy is so important in the Christian life. Because if I'm going to surrender control, if I'm going to allow seasons of delay to build deeper levels of trust in my life, then I need to understand that place of, of intimacy, that I can trust him. See, trust is developed in seasons of delay. Trust is developed when I don't know what's going to happen. Trust is going to develop when, when we, we um, step in and allow God to actually have the control. But it's also going to be those times where we feel the most threatened. Because we're going to be under the most stressed. But that's when trust gets developed at a deeper level. Intimacy is so important because God says, listen, I want you to trust me. And I want you to surrender control to me. But he's not asking us to trust him blindly. He's a God that says, come, get to know me. He invites us into that place. Come and intimately get to know me. Because when you know me as a father, when you know me, when you know my character, when you can look into my eyes, you'll know you can trust me. That's an invitation. An invitation into trust. An invitation into surrender. I want you to truly trust me because you can know me so well. Psalm 32 8 says this I will instruct you and freely, and, sorry, I will instruct you and teach you in the ways which you should go. I will guide you with my eye. That's an incredible picture of intimacy, you know that? I'm following Jesus but I'm not following him from a distance. I'm not trusting him from a distance. I'm actually close to him. I'm looking at him and he's looking at me. His eyes are guiding me. This is an intimate position, an intimate posture. I see you so closely. I look into your eyes deeply and I know that you're guiding me. And it's in those seasons of delay where, where um, we, can be, we can be scared to trust him with the things of our heart, we're scared. But when we know God this intimately, when we know that he is for us, we can break through that place of fear and anxiety and begin to put our trust into him. All of it is an invitation into knowing him and experiencing him. You know, when I was... Um, Nine years old, this will be hard for you to believe, I was being cheeky to my older brother. <laughs> and um, it was over summer and I, was, I actually leaned against the window to go, na, 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 na. 
which was a silly thing because my hand went straight through the window and I cut it. And um, so I cut it just across here and it was bleeding quite profusely. It was, we rang all the local doctors. We, I grew up in Helensville, which, you know, it's a one-horse town and then the horse died and that was it. We were in serious trouble. But anyhow, um, so we rang up and there was no doctors on. Three doctors in town and there wasn't one of them on. And so we were in panic and then we suddenly thought of a guy, or my brother thought of a guy he used to know. And this gentleman had been a, um, he was an alcoholic. He was a doctor, but he hadn't practised. He was registered, but he hadn't practised for a number of years. He'd been a surgeon at Guy's Hospital during World War II. And because he'd operated constantly on broken bodies and such like in Britain, in England, he became an alcoholic. And his family were a very well-to-do family, so they sent him to New Zealand <laughs> to get him out of the way so he wouldn't be an embarrassment to the family. He came here and he practised medicine, but he's still... And anyhow, so we, he, he said he'd seen me. He came down and his hands were shaking like that, which is not a great thing to start with when you're going to get some stitches in your hand. <laughs> and, but then when he took his, my hand, his hands stopped shaking and mine were beginning to shake. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing he did is he said, hey, look at me, look at me, look into my eyes. And he said, I tell you what, it's going to be all right. I'm going to do this and you're going to have it. And he just talked me. And he talked to me calmly, and, and as a nine-year-old, I began to trust him. And he completely stitched my hand up. Scary thing is, when I went back to get the stitches out two weeks later, he didn't remember doing it, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all about trust. It was all about trust. And that's really the depth of that verse. You know, he's, he's wanting us. We have an invitation into absolute intimacy. That reckless love this morning is such an incredible song. And it's so easy to sing it because it's the in song at the moment. But the invitation that's inherited in that, the declaration of that, that he is going after us, that, that you know, it talks about that he, he danced over us. You know, Zephaniah 3.16 says that the Lord your God in the midst of you dances over us. He's besotted with us. He's pursuing us. He's inviting us into places of intimacy where we can look into his eyes and knowing that we're going to be okay, that we're all going to be all right, that everything's okay, that we're going to make it through this thing. He's saying, I've got you. It's all okay. You see, that's the depth of that verse. That's the depth of that verse. It's an invitation to that place of connectedness. That, that, that even in those times of delay, where the answer delayed, the promise may be delayed, that, that the timing is different than what I thought it would be. God has completely blown up the picture that was in my mind. I get with God and I look in his eyes and he says it's going to be okay. What's the plan, God? Don't worry about the plan. It's not about the plan. It's about me. I'm not calling you to trust a plan. I'm calling you to trust me. And that's the invitation that's open to us. So often, you know, I'm, look, man, I'm good if you give me a plan. But God's going to, no. You know, it says that his word is a light unto our feet. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but I thought about it a lot. And a light unto his feet means that it's just right down there. It's not out into the lighting up the whole space. It's right there. So I know the next step I'm going to go is okay, and the next step, and the next step. Now, there are times when God talks to us. Like as I said, you know, I, got, I knew I was going to become a pastor. 
But it took 14 years. And I look back on that time and I would now, I mean, there were opportunities given to me in that 14 years to step into pastor, but I never felt it was right. And I look back now and I can see God's hand on everything that we did and where we ended up, and I'm so thankful. God is inviting us through seasons of delay into deep relationships. You know, really, virtually all of our Christian life is an invitation into deeper relationship with him. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. But unfortunately, delay, seasons of delay can become so destructive in people's lives and they end up in the ditch somewhere because they wanted to step in and not let trust develop at a deeper level. They wanted to step in and take hold of control. You may be in a season of delay right now. Let me tell you, they can be beautiful seasons in your life. (laughs) I'm not saying they can be easy, okay? I'm not saying sometimes that you have to really press in and take hold of something in them. They aren't a cakewalk, but they can be profound times where the Lord so deepens and strengthens your trust in him. You know, where you, you look back and you think, man, I had roots that before this thing happened were only two meter deep, but now after I've gone through this thing, they're 50 meters deep because I've learned how to trust him. How do you get strong roots in the Lord? Walk through seasons of delay. I mean, don't go looking for them. You know, don't walk in the spirit of stupid. But you know, just be aware that when you do, when things come up, receive them. Thank God for them, and realize that this is an opportunity for you to learn more of the nature and character of God, and see His eyes, and understand how much you can trust Him. Let's stand, shall we? You know, look, I understand that seasons delay can be hard because often they involve heart issues. And so it can be very painful and scary, and I understand that. But I want to tell you one thing this morning. You know, and it's not just rhetoric. He is a good, good father. You know, and I've, I've learned that through all sorts of incredible things that have gone on in our lives. He's a good, good father. We've learned it through what we've walked through. And even if you're in a time of delay today, understand that he's there with you. He says in the valley of, oh, I can't even remember the scripture, but it's something about enemies and stuff, and he puts a banqueting table there. Yeah? You ever thought about that? He doesn't take you out of it. So often we spend time praying and crying to God to take us out of situations when he's saying, listen, bozo, there's a dinner right there for you. You know, eat up and shut up. But we don't, you know. Times of delay. Make sure they're productive seasons in your life, yeah? So I'm going to pray for you guys right now. Don't rush off. We want to say a couple of things about what's happening next. But Father, Father, we want to be people who trust you. Lord, we want to be people of Proverbs 3 who trust you with all our hearts and lead not on our own understanding, 
but realise that you're guiding us. Lord, we want to be in that place where you guide us with your eye. We want to be so intimately connected with you that there's eye-to-eye connection with you. And Lord, I pray for those that are in season of delay right now who may be struggling. Father, I want you just to speak into their hearts right now and let them know, reassure them that you're doing something in their life, that this pain, that this waiting isn't uh, any form of punishment. We break that lie off. But the Lord, that it's, it's an opportunity, it's an invitation. You know what? In some ways, when you think about it, a season of delay is the greatest thing you can have because God's actually inviting you to experience deeper levels of trust. You know, it's a great privilege. It's like hardship. We don't see it as a good thing, but it's actually an opportunity to encounter the goodness and provision of God. So Lord, I pray that you turn our mindsets around. Father, we begin to have mindsets that come from the Father's heart. The Lord, you are a good God. You are a good Father. Provision is there. That you want us to learn to walk in trust. Father, you want us to walk in trust and intimacy, and I thank you for that. Father, I pray that none of our roots in our lives will be shallow, but Lord, that they'll be deep, deep, deep roots rooted deeply in your heart. And so, Father, I just invite you to come afresh right now. Come, Holy Spirit, afresh right now. Touch everyone in this room afresh. Thank you, Jesus. Just let them know your presence right now.